Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. All right, my guest today is Mark Bowden. Voted the number one body language professional in the world, Mark Bowden is passionate about giving people the most influential and persuasive communication techniques to stand out, win trust, and gain credibility every time they speak. Inspiring, energetic, engaging, and entirely entertaining, Mark's memorable talks and training programs not only educate, but have proven life-changing for audiences and clients, helping their businesses grow across all industries and sectors. Mark's work has proven invaluable to business leaders and teams for Fortune 500 companies, politicians, and prime ministers of G7 powers. His highly acclaimed TEDx talk and YouTube channel have reached millions of people, and he has presented and provided training to many of the most innovative organizations in the world, including Real Madrid, Shopify, Fidelity, Amex, Microsoft, Toyota, Samsung, and Johnson & Johnson, Walmart, and Nestle, the list goes on. He also delivers presentations training for the number one EMBA in Canada and is president of the National Communication Coach Association. Mark Bowden, welcome to Growth Mindset University. Jordan, thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for reading out that that huge piece of propaganda there. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate that. Thank you. Totally, man. I mean, uh, it's, you know, it's impressive. And this is, uh, you know, one of the topics, body language and communication in general, that I've been a serious student of over the past almost year and a half now. I recently had Chase Hughes on and yeah. that was incredibly enlightening. Yeah, I've been studying. I mean, it's really been a passion project of mine. Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. Right. Um, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, um, all uh, pretty much anything I can get my hands on with communication. So it only made logical sense that the next person I wanted to talk to was Mark Bowden. Wow, you're, so, you're climbing, you're climbing in the mountain, and you're, you're you're well up the top. You know, having already, you know, you've spoken to 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 Chase Hughes, fantastic. What an amazing, you know, interesting guy with who's who's made I think some some real inroads in some different places within nonverbal and communication and influence and persuasion. Vanessa Van Edwards, extraordinary, you know, brilliant um, creator of, of, you know, some really entertaining and informative work uh, around nonverbal and some other areas as well. And, and now you've ended up here with me. So I hope <laughs> it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're maybe not at the top of the mountain. There's some extraordinary people out there. But uh, but you're well on your way. Certainly. Well, I'll share this with you then. The, the reason of the, the root of all this is that, and I want to highlight this for people because this is what a growth mindset is all about, that I, you know, in high school, I had one friend. I couldn't talk to people. I wouldn't talk to people. I'd try to go all day with not out talking to people. And so not, you know, just so I could feel bad for myself. 
And so then when I find, my, find myself in college wanting to talk to people, I find, oh, I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really where I'm coming from here. And, yeah. and I think it's really, anyone can learn this stuff, Mark, right? Yeah. Look, I mean, that's, look, I, I've got to be biased about this because I'm a communication trainer. Okay, so so I could have an inherent bias around this that that and I put it like this, everything can be learned. Everything can be learned. And and it's important to I think to have this mindset that everything can be learned. Yes, I, I'm guessing that people out there might be able to come up with something right now where they go, No, 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 this can't be learned. Look, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. But here's my take on it is I refuse to live in a world in a universe where I am limited. I want to live in a, in a place and a mindset where if I want some advancement for myself, it is possible for me to do the work and do the learning and seek people who know and, and make my way to being better. Hey, look, maybe I won't achieve it. Maybe, uh, you know, the universe will hit me back in the face and go, look, Mark, no, that can't be learned. Well, I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to take that that risk because I won't be sitting here going, well, it just, you know, you, if you weren't born with it, you can't have it. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not living in that world. Like, sure. Okay. Maybe it's true. I'm not. I refuse. I refuse that, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, it is exactly what I'm about. Exactly what this show is about. I absolutely love it, man. man. So let's, let's dispel something here right off the top. Mm-hmm. Really something, sure, you get asked it all the time. It's probably very basic. Um, so what does it mean and why is it so misused when people say, you know, this study is so misused, 7% of communication is verbal, 93% is nonverbal, and then I'll take it a step further. Of the 93%, I just claim that body language is 55% and tone of voice is 38%. What does it mean? Why is it so misused? Yeah, so it, it comes from uh, a study, in fact, a couple of studies that um, uh, a guy, Morabian, um, did. You can you can look him up, just, you know, look up the, the 93% of all communication is nonverbal. It, it tends to be how it's uh, misnomered, essentially. Um Look, how can 93% of all communication be nonverbal? Like, how would you ever read a book? Like, how would this, how would that work? For those who are, who are listening uh, to this, like, how are you understanding? If, if most of what you're meant to be, you know, using in order to get the meaning, you know, the idea of what I'm saying is, is, is body language. You can't see any right now. Here, here's what Moravian actually found. And, and I'm, I'm not going to put it in his words because you can go and read the studies if you really want to. Here's, here's my interpretation of it, is that the majority of the information that somebody's mind requires in order for them to make a solid theory or judgment about your feeling and intention towards them, the majority of the information they require is visual. They're then looking at the music of your voice, if they can get it, in order to go, well, is this person for me or against me? Are they into me or are they out of me? Um, Do they like me? Do they dislike me? Are they interested? Are they not? Are they angry? Are they sad? They're going mainly on what do you look like and how are you moving? Then some of the data they want in order to get that theory of mind is the tonality 
And then they're really not paying very much attention to what you say. It really doesn't matter. And in fact, if if how they think you're feeling based on the images and the and the sounds that you produce is very different from what you're saying, they negate what you're saying and they go for their idea about your feeling and intention. That's my interpretation. I think if you go and uh, and ask a bunch of other people who who are really solid in that world of nonverbal and body language, they're going to back me up on on this, that what Morabian was really looking at was how do we as human beings judge each other and judge each other's emotions? And the finding was we're mainly looking for nonverbal. But but in order to get a sense of 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 some of the meaning, of course we're trying to hear the words. And we want them to match up. And if they don't match up, there's a big problem. Does that does that make sense to you, John? Yes, quite interesting. And it does make sense. Now, Mark. Can you? Rumor has it that mm-hmm. you were in a Super Bowl commercial, yeah, a Nike commercial, Super That's right. Bowl commercial, yeah, about what twenty years ago. Can you tell me about that commercial? Yeah, I think it's nineteen ninety-seven. So yeah, it would be. So yeah, it would be 20 years ago. Gosh, that's quite a while, isn't it? Okay, so let me tell you about it. Uh, Super Bowl commercial for Nike. I think it was 97. If you want to watch it, just Google Nike Streaker. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let people see it. So what happened was is that um, Nike had this idea for an advert whereby they wanted to really show the freedom um, that you could get in a pair of Nike trainers, the feeling of freedom and what they'd come up with, uh, with their advertising agency was the idea of a football streaker. So that's a English soccer, you know, uh, there's a bit of a tradition, uh, in the UK of every now and again, somebody takes their clothes off and runs across the football pitch. It's illegal to, to do that. And so they, the police will always run after them and try and get them. And it becomes a very entertaining chase between the police and, and, and a naked man or woman, uh, going across the, the football pitch and the crowd cheer. And it happens every now and again, not that often, but it's traditional. And they were looking for somebody who they felt could really embody that idea of of freedom these were for the nike the new nike shocks uh sneakers which were new out and the super bowl was the first time anybody was going to see these uh these running shoes and uh you know they came to me and said you know non-verbally we know you're an expert in this area uh and you've done you know work in 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 film and television around this what do you think about how you would portray this sense of total abandonment and freedom and being able to, because of that freedom, being able to escape the law, really escape authority. Uh, And we had a chat about that and decided we'd do it. And it was a pretty extraordinary ad. It only played once on television during the Super Bowl uh, in in a very prime spot, because what they actually did was interrupt the game. So yeah, they they uh, they actually bought a spot where they were interrupting the game. That's very expensive to do, so that the uh, Super Bowl audience across the U.S. and across the world would go, "Hang on, something's up here. Why are we, why are we now watching an English soccer match? There's there's some interference going <laughs> on." And then on I came. So go and watch the ad. It's it's and 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 watch it from that nonverbal point of view because the whole point of me doing it is to give a really clear 
symbol and performance for the audience of freedom, abandonment, the 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 the, the joy of uh, of the Nike brand, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just had to get that one over. Yeah, 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 let's get. You're right let's to do get, it. We, <laughs> you're right to do it. Uh, yeah. Okay. So so back to body language then. Uh, why why is body language so important? And why do you think people should go about learning it? Yeah. So it look, so look, first of all, yes, why is it so important? It's important because people judge you. People judge you, Jordan. People judge me. Anybody listening, just so you know, you get judged. Just so you know, uh, you judge other people. I judge other people. Jordan judges other people. The interesting thing is, is how does that happen? What is the process that goes on that causes those quick snap judgments? And we know from our experience that some of our judgments are very, very accurate. We got it right, yeah? Sometimes, have you noticed, you judge people completely wrong. It's like, wow, shouldn't have judged them too early. They turn out to be quite different, you know, more interesting, less interesting, less trustworthy, way more trustworthy. You know, they wow, they turned into my best friend. Hey, they turned into my partner. <laughs> you know, so so we make some very bad judgments. We make some very good judgments and all the judgments in between, but we make them. What's the process that we use? Well, going back to that, you know, 93%, what we're doing is is getting a theory about the other person very quickly based on their nonverbal behavior, the way they're moving, the image that they put forward, and the sounds, intonations, the music that their voice is playing us. So if you want to have some kind of, let's call it, command over people's judgments, if you want to influence and persuade people's judgments about you, if you think that would be beneficial, uh, because people judge you wrongly sometimes. You, you know, we're often all great people at times, and we get judged wrongly and badly. If you want to minimize that to a certain extent, uh, you might want to um, uh, maximize some of the good images that come across. You may want to understand, first of all, how you can use your body language on purpose to stand out, to win trust, to gain credibility with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I know it's, it's very easy to go, Hey, but you know, I'm a good person and I'll be kind of authentic with people and I'll be the real me and the real me is a great person and people will either like me or they won't like me or, you know, and that's just kind of the way it is. But generally people will like me because I'm a good person. Yeah, maybe. I mean, some of the time, apart from when you're under stress and pressure, <laughs> when you'll leak signals that will confuse other people, um, annoy them, uh, distress them. And so this, the, the techniques of nonverbal persuasion and influence are not necessarily for every day. You don't need them every day. They're for those critical moments in your life, critical moments in your work life as well, your, your ordinary life, your daily life, and your work life and your social life. The critical moments where you think to yourself, you know what? I need some help here. I need I need to advance myself. I need I need to grow here. I need to make more and better connections with more people. 
So I need to advance the way I'm using my own body in order to get some of these results that I want. Because if I don't, I won't maximize my potential, you know, in this situation or in the world. So, so that's why it's important. Now, should you learn how to use that? I don't know. I don't know what you, I don't know whether you need to. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know. I don't know whether you need to. But if you think it could be an advantage to you, I'd just say, hey, you know, look into it for sure. So a couple of scenarios then would be, and correct me if I'm wrong, walking into a business meeting to close a sale, um, you know, walking into, you know, meeting meeting a date who you've only met up with, uh, you know, one or two or three times. Sure. Um, that's very important. And so what you're saying is that being I don't, I don't want to take people to take this the wrong way that being authentic at all, you know, uh, is, is not always the right thing if you're, you know, if you're a little bit stressed. Right. Um, yeah. and, and so like your Ted talk, the importance of being inauthentic. Yeah. Explain where does that, where does that come in a little bit? Is it, is it a little bit of fake it? So you make it, is it, what, what would you say uh, the importance of being inauthentic is? Yeah. So, so, so if we unpack the idea of the importance of being inauthentic, you know, first of all, I did that that uh, TEDx talk, and again, you know, uh, if you put a link to that, people can go and see it. It's an important one to to uh, to look at. Well, let me just say, yeah, that um, I, of course I've not gone about the official rankings of my top five TED talks. Yeah. But yeah. Like, but it's in the top five. Like, nice. it's just, it, like I said in the intro, wildly entertaining. So. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> good, good. I'm happy about that. Um, so first of all, look, there's an element of there of j- me just being uh, a bit belligerent and a, and a bit kind of clickbaity because, <laughs> because uh, you know, authenticity at the moment, it has been for, for you know, almost a decade and a half maybe, uh, has been a bit of a buzzword for people. And, and so look, you know, the idea of inauthentic gets, attracts some attention. Uh, there's another layer to this where, where I was finding that people were using the idea of, uh, inauthenticity as a kind of a shaming technique. They would be going, well, you know, I don't think you're really being authentic with me. And it would, and it would be there as a, or, you know, between friends, you know, yeah, they're not really very, they're not authentic, that person. And I would think to myself, well, how do you know? That's just the perception that you have. Only, only somebody themselves can work out what they've decided to author, how they've decided to purposely write their life, and whether they are doing the behaviors and the mindset that fits with how they've authored it and also you can rewrite stuff like it's your life if if you're not happy with how you've just authored it or you're feeling somebody's like authored it for you like take the eraser and and start to rub that stuff out and 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 write something new for yourself and so some people being inauthentic in other people's minds is no they're just changing they're just changing they don't like how they were before. They've decided to change, and you can't handle that. That's what's that. There's the authenticity around it. And then there was an area of people, I think, say, mistaking authenticity for comfort. 
So people would go, well, you know, I, um, you know, I, I don't really want to do that. You know, it doesn't feel authentic to me. No, you just, you just don't find it comfortable. That's all. It's just, it's just, and, and, and why don't you push yourself into a bit of discomfort and really find out whether it is you or not. It is authentic for you. Test it out. Walk into there. Test it out. Try out that piece of work. Try out that job. Try out that relationship with, with somebody, that new friendship. Test it out. Push it a bit further. Doesn't feel comfortable. Feels odd. Feels inauthentic. Test it out. Give it some, give it another go. <laughs> you know, go out with that person again. Get, really find out whether that's true and what, and what exactly is true about it. So I was battling with, with all of, of those things. And it felt to me, and this, I think, Jordan, fits into this growth mindset thing. It felt to me like if, if we were going to be some of these ideas of authentic, we were going to miss out on some great opportunities in life some great some great opportunities by trying to be too comfortable by trying to second guess how other p- people are thinking and feeling and by going with some of our innate first assumptions about people we would miss out on some of the greatest people in our lives yeah potentially we'd meet some of the worst as well <laughs> you know that might happen but we would miss out and i and i think you know, you'll agree with me here, Jordan, is, is that, you know, within that growth mindset area, uh, taking, taking some risks is, is really important. The idea of of failure. Now I don't people, I don't want people to fail to a, to a, you know, a critical level. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not asking for that. Survivable failure. (laughs) Right. Survivable, survivable failure. Um, and just pushing the limits of that. So, look, I, I, I think that's what the, the, the talk is about. And, and so it does have a slight flavor of fake it until you make it, a slight flavor of, of that. I think it's a little bit deeper than that because here's what I'd say is that if you can perform a behavior um, – Look, so for example, um, uh, Jordan, let's, let's, let's pretend that, you know, you weren't as confident as you come across. Okay. Let's just, you know, go with that idea. But I might say to you as your coach now, I might say, Hey, do you, have you seen some confident people? And you go, yeah, I've seen some confident people. And I go, just picture them in your head right now. Pick one. Pick one who you think, hey, that's a good, confident person. Not a bad, confident person. It's a good example for all the right reasons of somebody confident. And I'd say, picture them in your head right now. Or go and visit them and say hello. And watch them or watch them in your mind. How are they moving? How are they moving? And you'd give me a description. I don't know what the description would be, but you'd, I can hazard some guesses. But, but you'd give me a description. And then I'd say to you, can you do some of that for me right now? Can you do? Can you make some of those movements for me? But it's can you make some of these movements for me? Not can they do it? Can you do it? And you'd go, yeah, yeah, you know, I've got, yeah, I can do some of these. And you do them a bit, and you might go, Mark, you know, it feels like, it feels odd, feels odd. And it'd be like, yeah, you know, when you put a new suit on, it does feel a bit odd. When you put on a new t-shirt, it does feel a bit, a bit, a bit odd. Yeah, but you get you get used to it. But you get used to it. You you do it, and you get used to it. And and so, 
um, it you can't you can't put on behaviors that don't have an element of you in them. And by putting them on, you you stand that chance of adding volume to what you already had, of of teasing out more what you already had. It was already you. You just needed that impulse, that trigger, that that space, somebody to go, try it on. Now, look, because it feels uncomfortable at the start, you maybe don't execute it very well. So people often go, hey, you know, but I see people putting on body language and and and, and I can see them, they're fake. Because they're not that good at it yet. Give them a chance. Like, <laughs> give them a chance. When people start playing golf, they're rubbish at it. It's like right. give they got to practice. They got to practice. Give them a chance. It's it's more about your discomfort with seeing somebody battle, try hard to be something they really want to be. You know, your discomfort about somebody's bad performance of some body language which embodies somebody they'd love to be, it's more about your discomfort about seeing seeing the battle hey i don't know maybe you wanna maybe you wish that you could get out there and be more like somebody else and you 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 know you don't like watching somebody having a go having a go at it potentially failing having a go i hope that makes it's a bit ranty uh jordan but i hope that makes (laughs) (laughs) makes sense it's only a bit ranty because i I really care about this stuff again why do why do we have to live in a world where what we are presented with, with the things that we're presented with, are all we're going to be. Yeah, I know some of the things that you are presented with, that some of us are presented with or uh, have some limitations to it, whether, whether it's, it's genetic, whether it's systematic, whether it's, 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 um, it's cultural. Um, you know, I, I know there are some limitations. Yeah, I absolutely know that. And I know some of those limitations, you know, some people can't push past for good reasons. But can you develop what you have got? Like a, a great mentor of mine, Jim Henson, uh, talked about Kermit. And he, used to, and, and he used to put in Kermit's mouth. It's something that Kermit used to say, but it was really, you know, Henson, uh, is take what you got and fly with it. Like take what you have and and expand it and fly with that and see what you can see what you can be. I agree. I agree, Mark. A lot of times when I picture that confident person that you were talking about and when I want to be that confident person, yeah. I think the biggest thing for me and, and you know, maybe getting it a little bit mixed with, you know, uh, relaxed and and comfortable. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I have a tendency sometimes to be a little bit uh, neurotic and, you know, with, with that and, and, you know, on edge, you know, comes the fast, the rapid movements, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you know, your head is on a swivel. A lot of times I'll just like, I'll think, you know, I'll, I'll breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, and then I'll be very conscious of my movements. So maybe start walking significantly yeah. slower. Yeah. My, my hand movements, just everything, you know, my, my head movements make them a little more like natural and, right. uh, a lot of times that's what I think of when I want to. And so what this does, you can create a physiological with your physiology, you can create a change up top in your brain here. Right. Yeah. So how do you, is is this something that you utilize every single day as well? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So, so you know, just to pick up on what you're saying there, what you're telling me via that is that you're saying when you f- when you recognize that you might not be projecting yourself or being the person you'd best like to be in that moment, you become conscious of yourself and your behaviors, and you start to monitor and augment and change your behaviors, yeah? So, so what's interesting is, is that, most people on the planet don't really do that or they mm. do it too late. They do it after the fact they go, gosh, well, how did I behave in that situation? Let me think back. Oh yeah, no, I didn't do No, That wasn't good. Was it? Oh, no wonder that didn't work out so well rather than what you're saying, which is, Hey, when I, when I get that sense or that feeling or that nudge or somebody says, Hey, you know, you, are you nervous about something? What's, what's up? that you might be able to go, okay, interesting. I mean, I, I maybe am nervous about something, but it doesn't, I'm not sure it needs to be in this space with other people. I don't think, I don't know whether it will serve me well, or maybe you'd go, Hey, yeah, it would serve me well. And you'll say to your friend, yeah, I am really nervous about, about this, but you've got a choice now, haven't you? You can, you can decide on some new behaviors and try and change that mindset, or you can express those behaviors even more. So it's no secret to your friend. It's not, they're not like guessing, Hey, are you, are you upset about something? You'd be able to go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset about this. And it's something, it's specifically what you said about X. Like you could be really expressive and clear, or you could purposely, um, uh, try to express something else. And this is very different from pushing down the feeling and hiding it. What you're doing is recognizing the feeling recognizing the behavior that goes with the feeling and changing the behavior because that might that might augment and change the feeling and that might be useful not only for you but for others around you and the wider community and the world at large it may make a really important change now do i do that yeah on a daily basis so so i'm going into situations that i don't understand meeting people every day that I do not know, meeting sometimes thousands of people a day that I don't know. I'm walking on stages with sometimes 3,000 people or more on the, on, the, on the stage that I've got to talk to. I'm walking into a room and there's a person who I'm going to work with for that whole day or just an hour, and I've never met them before, and they have a huge amount of power. And 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 they in my mind they have some big expectations because i know what we're going to invoice them for so i know okay their expectations are pretty consummate with with the invoice that's going to come with them and and i don't know them yet and i don't know what they really want and i don't know how possible it it is yeah i i in, internally i have some trust for my mechanisms and for my consulting and for my coaching i do have that but there's still anxiety. Of course there is. And how do I manage that? I, I, know what it, um, I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I know what my body does. And I tell my body to do other stuff on purpose. Why? Because it's not useful. It's not useful for me to walk into the client and, 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 and for them to pick up, you know, uh, under the wire that I might be very, very anxious. That's not helpful to them. If I want them to know that, I'll tell them. I'll just walk up to them and go and I will say, I'm really anxious about meeting you and here's exactly why. 
Like I'm either going to be really clear with them and really straight, or I'm going to produce behaviors which are better for this situation, but I'm not going to allow this, this um, anxiety to kind of be unchecked in, in some way. Either mm. it gets free expression, total expression, or I choose other behaviors, which for me is not pushing it down. I'm recognizing it. I'm recognizing it, and I'm choosing something else around that. Does that, does that make sense to you, Jordan? Yeah, it does. And it, and I really love that you say that you rec- you recognize it and not ignore it. Um, you know, like a lot of people will say, uh, you know, this sort of relates, not really, but, um, you know, be strong and, uh, in, in, you know, and, and a lot of times it's about like hiding emotion. Um, but sort of what, sort of what you're saying there, recognize that. Is there, are there behaviors that you, can you produce with body language and behavior? Like, can you, is there something you can produce to become a better listener? And there might not be, you and you might not know the answer, but, and that's okay. Is there, does anything come to mind there? Is there any, any sort of body language you can portray to become a better listener? I'm I'm doing it now. (laughs) I'm doing it now, which I've, I've tilted my head to one side. As you're talking, I tilt my head to one side. This almost kind of displays to an extent an ear to you. So it's a clear signal to you. Hey, I'm, I'm listening. Uh, there's, a, there's a kind of gentle smile on my face, which is a smile of acceptance. Yeah. And as you talk, I, I, I nod my head gently. That's universal as well. Everybody on the planet nods their heads. I know, I know there's some stuff in India where, you know, often people say, oh, you know, in India, they don't nod their heads. Yes, they do. Of course they do. They've just got an extra uh, head wobble gesture as well, which has some other meanings to it. But, but, but all, all, all cultures have the head nod and the head shake. It's our basic feeding mechanism. So, so it's about, you know, more food, no food, essentially. Mm-hmm. Head, head nod is, is that's good food. Head shake is... That's bad food. And it's about latching onto the food, yeah, the eating or sucking, suckling mechanism and throwing your head away from the food, you know, throwing the food out of your mouth uh, mechanism. So, uh, so I nod my head to kind of give the signal of, hey, this is, this is good food that you're giving me here. And there's a smile on my face that says, I accept, I accept this good food and I'm, I'm entering it into my ear. And so it, it helps you feel like you should talk more it 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 will influence and persuade you to deliver more to me and the more you deliver to me the closer i might get to what you mean and what you're intending so the 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 useful thing about producing good listening gestures or postures is that it can trigger the other person or other people to giving you more data as long as you shut up and you don't interject yeah uh and here's the interesting thing is sometimes so look you know between between you and me and all the listeners uh, out there i'm going to be honest with you sometimes i will sit down with a with a client and they'll start into their story about, you know, what the issue is that they're dealing with and, and whatever. And my brain's going, oh, God, this is boring. This is so, uh, I cannot listen to a, to this again. You know, this is, but what I do is to, I mean, they're a client. They're, they're asking for a service. I must deliver a great service to them. That's the deal. That's the deal we had. The deal was not, hey, Mark, if you're having a bad day, 
you go right ahead. <laughs> the deal was, I will give you, I will give you X amount of dollars, and you will deliver to me your best product and, and service. So here's here's what I do. I smile. I tilt my head to one side. I nod my head. Yeah, and and I say things like, "Oh, that's interesting. What else? Tell me more." And Minimal I, encouragers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm just encouraging. Now, yes, I'm encouraging them, but very much so, I'm encouraging me. I'm trying to trigger my growth mindset around this. I'm going to, trying to trigger my listening. And it works. Like a few minutes in, my brain is going, wow, this is really interesting. This is re and I start to produce real questions. The first questions I had were stock questions. Oh, interesting. Tell me more. What else? They're just stuff that I can say automatically. They're very potentially inauthentic. They're a script that I use in order to trigger both of us into a more intimate exchange of data so we can get more connected and I can help this person because I understand them and their situation. So the inauthenticity has an authentic goal, which is I really want to help people. Yeah, I really want to help them. If they're in pain with something, they've got a problem, I want to sort it out. I don't want them to have it anymore. And if I have to do something inauthentic, let's even call it manipulative, if I need to manipulate in some way so that I can help them out of that, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for them. And they'll thank me afterwards. Yeah, I love that, Mark. Uh, the inauthenticity has an authentic goal. You, so, you know, if you hadn't already sold me, which you did, but you sold me there. I mean, and you sold a lot of people there. But um, so, Mark, I want to, you, you know, we talked about the head nod a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about lying. Mm. And I'll, I'll kick it off and you can confirm or deny this. A lot of times I will notice if some if someone is saying something they don't really mean or, or maybe they are lying. Um, you know, they'll, they'll reply verbally with an affirmative, like, yes, like, oh, it was really great to meet you, but they'll be shaking their head. No. Right. <laughs> right. So there's that. Do you, what do you think about that? And then what are some other indicators that you can read that tell you someone is lying? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's just take that idea of they're saying, Hey, it was really great. It's really great to meet you. And they're, and they're shaking their head. Here's what's interesting about that is that they're saying, you know, they're saying something positive, but the head shake is a, is a negative. I would suggest this. That doesn't mean they're lying about it was really great to meet you. Now, it's notable. It's notable because there is a big difference in body language on, on the whole. What I'm looking for is, is, are there changes? Are there differences? Are there some stark differences? Even if they're kind of subtly stark, it's like that's, that's notable that they said something positive and they shook their head. Because here's what I don't know. When they say, I'm pleased to meet you, I don't know the images in, in your head you know it was great meeting you but they've got the image in their head of the first taste of the glass of wine that they had at that event and it was sour Ooh. and so and so you don't know you don't know you don't know or or they're shaking their head because they have to leave and they don't want to leave i, I don't know i'm not a mind reader 
I don't know what's going on in their head. All I've got is what they're, in this scenario, I've got what they're saying right now and what they're doing right now. And at this point, they are there is a strong difference. And what I say as somebody reading body language is I go, that's interesting. That's notable. Now, now here's what I do next is I go, how valuable would it be for me to know if they're being, if they're telling the truth when they say, it was great to meet you, or if they're lying and it wasn't great to meet you, what difference would that make to my life? Would it be important? You know, so because here's what's going to happen. If I say to myself, yeah, it would be really important to know this, to know if they're being honest with me or not, like it would make a difference in my life. If I think, okay, this would make a big difference. I'm now starting the process of what I would call interview or interrogation. Now that process means I'm hanging on to them. They're not they're not leaving right now <laughs> because because I'm going to keep them there and I'm now going to start an interview process with them which is going to cost me time and cost me intellectual capacity and and cost me something you know some weird kind of social stuff like why won't that guy, why is the guy still talking to me why won't he let me go because I'm now wanting more data and I want to test my theory my, my theories around whether they're being honest or or not. Does, does that make sense? So mm-hmm. it's only worth going down this avenue of interview and interrogation and really being intellectually rigorous, uh, both in and 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 taking the time and space and 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 social capital around that if the outcome is uh, important enough. So let's let's for example, you know, it's great that you've interviewed uh, uh, Chase Hughes because he's a fantastic guy and has a great uh a great knowledge around this and as you probably know you know um, much of his work or or uh, you know came from his experience of uh within um interview and in- interrogation yes. well the stakes there are really high yeah it's really high like it would be use it would be more than useful to know if somebody's telling you the truth or to get to the truth or to get past the lies to, to understand deceit um uh, he was, uh, you know, in situations where we can certainly um, uh, um, imagine that there was the capacity to hold somebody somewhere for quite a while, you know. Right. So, so there's some, there are some con- constraints and some opportunities that we in our in our daily lives don't necessarily have. Now, it's not that the techniques that he came up with are not transferable because they absolutely are transferable. You just have to think, how often would I ever need to use these? And you might come up with some, there may be some jobs or some situations that you're in where you'd go, wow, it would be, it would be more than helpful to use these, these techniques. Does that, does that again make some sense to you, Jordan? Yes. So now you talk about, you know, one of the chapters in your book is about injecting excitement. Yes into your gestures what are some ways that you would inject excitement into your gestures how would you do that why would you want to do that yeah okay uh so we mirror each other um we're social mammals which means we will we have a a, a built-in mechanisms in order to copy each other it's really important Uh, if we couldn't copy each other you wouldn't be able to be a leader because as a leader you need followers. And so followers need to be able to see behaviors that they can copy and join in with. So mirroring is uh, important. And 
you might want to inject something in excitement because you need others to get excited because you need to influence and persuade them to join in on your idea because there's that feeling of excitement around it. That might be just one reason and there could be a whole bunch of other reasons, okay? So then then the question is, well, how might we do that? Um, so when, when hands... Uh, go higher up the body, heart rate and breathing rate and blood pressure have to go up. That's just the nature of you, you're now going, yeah, you're now going against gravity. The more you bring your hands. So, uh, Jordan, you, you've, you've been in the world of uh, personal training, yeah? And, and so my Correct. guess is you have had people or you've been on a machine yourself where you're doing a shoulder press, yeah? But you're not lying down. You're sitting up and doing a, a shoulder press. Yeah, and that's difficult. Yes, it's really difficult. The reason is, is and 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 the arm muscles are relatively big muscles, but the shoulder ones are not. They're not massively big, but the problem is, is the hands still want blood. <laughs> the hands still want blood, and now the heart. I mean, you know, you probably notice your clients. Their heart rates went up very, very quickly because because they've got to get blood to the hands, and they're working against gravity now. The hands are mainly up. In the, in the air. So as you bring your hands higher than the heart level, you know, chest, shoulders, up past the head, especially up way past the head into the, into the gesture plane that I call the ecstatic gesture plane, excitement starts to come because your heart rate and breathing rate have to go up and people mirror you their heart rate and breathing rate go up, but they haven't moved their hands up. They're just mirroring. They get excited. Then their brain goes, why am I so excited? Why am I so excited? I'm so excited because of what that person's saying. Yeah, they, they have to uh, project. They project. They have this feeling of excitement, and they project it on you, the person who is in, inciting, conjuring up that feeling for them, they project it back on you. So one of the ways is, you know, raise your hands up. Now, the other thing to increase excitement is the tension in your muscles. So, for example, what I'm going to do right now is just allow my hand I'm, to become, my hand and my arms to become kind of floppy and have no tension in them. And I'm going to kind of soften the muscles in my face as well and my shoulders and my spine and so, so that's all I'm doing I'm just re relaxing my muscles and you feel like and I'm going to tell you like I, in just one moment I, I'm going to tell you something so exciting yes yeah, it will <laughs> absolutely honestly it will knock your socks off it's so <laughs> exciting okay and you can't feel it can you you can't feel it no oh, I'm doing no here's what I'm going to do now Here's what I'm going to do now. Uh, on purpose, on purpose, so this is very inauthentic, on purpose, very manipulative. On purpose, I'm going to put tension into my muscles. And it's rather like, it's rather like I'm, I'm pushing against weights that aren't there. Okay, that's what I'm doing. And I'm doing it in my face right now. And I'm doing it in my hands. And I'm doing it in my stomach and my, and my chest. And, and, and can you feel it? Oh, my can gosh, yes. <laughs> can you feel it in your stomach? Can oh you feel God, it in your yeah. face right now? Can you feel you mirroring me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to put my hands above my <laughs> head. 
right now. Yeah. And you, can you feel like you're starting to sweat and you're starting to, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. So now I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna relax my, my body as well. So I don't, so I don't kill you the other, the other side of the microphone there. Okay. That's, that's, that's the mechanism is you just produce the muscle tonality and the positioning of excitement and your mind joins in and what's most important is other people join in with you as long as you keep the signals clear and consistent and that's one of those secrets to influence and persuasion is finding the levers to pull that give you the best effect uh these finding the economics of it there are many things that you could do to get people excited what i've done in my work is to go okay what is the smallest thing you can do at the maximum level to get the maximum effect out of the maximum people you know most of the time mm. efficiency yeah. efficiency yeah absolutely uh you know one of my first um uh you know mentors and teachers around this area came from you know originally uh his work had come from uh, the world of efficiency at work. He'd looked at workplaces and gone, how can we get people's bodies moving in a really efficient way? Because they're just, they're wasting energy. And so they're getting tired too quickly. And and how can we create a fit? So I've, I've always been interested in this uh, efficiency of influence and uh, persuasion and body language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So... As we begin to wrap up here, if you could paint a picture of what winning body language looks like it, with words, what would you what would you say in a couple of sentences? Because that is the title of the book that I have in my hands right now, Winning Body Language, that you have wrote, com- control the conversation, command attention, and convey the right message without saying a word. Winning body language, paint a picture in a few sentences. Yeah. So I'd, I'd paint it this way by saying there is no bad body language or behavior. There's just results that you wanted or didn't want. Okay. So, so bad behaviors in, in another context can get you the results that you're wanting. So it's not about what's, what's the right body language for all situations. It's about what body language do you need to produce to get the results that you want right now in the context that you're in? And if you're not getting those results, you're looking at the behavior that you're doing and you're going, is there something else that I could try? Now, here's the problem that people run into is because they haven't maybe got the experience of somebody like me, they go, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Is there something else I could do? I don't know. They don't know the colors. They've never mixed the colors. They don't know the rhythms that could be in the painting that they're making. I know all the colors. I know the rhythms. I know the history of these arts. I know I've seen so many pictures. I've worked with so many artists around this that I can go, look, here's an opportunity for you. Try out this movement. Try out this one. This one stands a really good chance of getting you the result that you want. So what winning body language does is it expands your vocabulary of behavior and movement and body language so that you have more to pick from 
so that you can start to choose them on purpose to be the best you, the best version of you to get what you need, not only for you, but for the important people around you and the wider community. There's my, there's my little picture, my little hmm. sketch of winning body gotcha. language for you. So Mark, then what are a couple of things that, that people should keep in mind? What are some not to do's? in terms of body language for people just starting out and just becoming conscious of this incredibly powerful tool. Right, yeah. So because because there's no bad body language, there's just results that you wanted or didn't want, the first not to do is is don't not show up. <laughs> you got to be there. You got to be there. And I know everybody's heard this this before, you know, uh, you know, 80% of the battle is is just showing up but it really is like why do you expect anybody will be thinking about you if you're not in their in their world in their on their radar so get get on the radar of the world you want to be a bigger part of and show up in it first of all they are not mind readers they can't work out your desires from a distance you got to show up close show up close to people yeah. Um, you know, just because you, you got a vision board up there in your own room, <laughs> like go and tell people about it. You know, go and tell people about it. Be there in front of them. Yes, I, I totally understand it's sometimes difficult. I know. I know that's the battle. That's sometimes the battle is just getting out there and going, here's who I am right now and here's who I want to be and here's what I need from from people in order to to be that. I know it's a tricky battle. But um, but show up, show up, show up, and keep showing up, and be relentless about about showing up. And the and the and the not is is like the not the not showing up. Yeah. So show mm. up is 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 uh, is my main help. I think. So simple, man. I you know that's sort of been my message uh, of late to showing up every single day as well. And so right along the same plane there. Now, Mark, before I ask my final question, mm. um, one, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, it's easy. Truthplane.com, T-R-U-T-H-P-L-A-N-E, truthplane.com. You'll find me there. Uh, just put that word into, a, into search and you'll find me, Truthplane. Awesome. Okay, amazing. And then, of course, um, you know, your book, Truth and Lies and yeah. Winning Body Language. Um, you got several books out there yeah. on the topic on Amazon and truthplane.com, of course, will be in the description and the show notes for this episode. And now, my second thing before my final question, which I have to acknowledge you, Mark, for being such a world class performer. And, you know, it was like right away, there's no secret. There, uh, it's no secret as to why, you know, you're, you're an expert in this, in this field, because, you know, as soon as we get on here, I felt the injection of, of energy, like right away, like very warm. And I don't know if that was something conscious that you wanted to convey. I mean, maybe it's just natural and second nature uh, by now, but, you know, world-class performer, check out the TED talk people. I mean, it's really something incredible, like really entertaining. We'll have you laughing at certain points throughout. And it's, and I love the work that you do because you're ma being a world-class performer, you make body language fun and it's a fantastic service 
for the world, Mark. So thank you so much. Jordan, thanks for having me. It's been great uh, chatting with you and, and thanks for doing what you do, which is, you know, get people, get people chatting and bring that help out about, uh, you know, people's growth. It's important. Certainly. So Mark, my final question is usually if you could teach a course at a university, course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? And mm. of course, I would assume yours is in body language, but, oh, do you have something else to that? Yeah, you know what? I there's there's some. Uh, I do teach at a bunch of universities, and and I do have, you know, um, some some body language and communication stuff that I do. I would really like to develop further a a course specifically on understanding propaganda, understanding uh, the skills and techniques throughout history of manipulation and propaganda because you wouldn't want to do it by accident unconsciously and a lot of us do and you want to keep your eye out for it and know because it's it there are ways of easily spotting it um and there are some techniques around it that be, can, can be used for very good reasons as well and people with great ideas and helpful ideas fail to use those techniques to get people on their side. So, so I'd quite like to uh, develop that a little bit further. Certainly. Yeah. I had to let you answer that. Your body language was telling me <laughs> well like, oh, oh, I have, I have something to say. Yes. <laughs> well so uh, what I wanted to do, and I did this with Chase Hughes yeah. and he, and here's what he gave us just so that you don't repeat. I said, leave us with an experiment. And the experiment that he gave us all was, the eyebrow, this is episode 64, by the way, for people wanting to reference the eyebrow flash, yeah, the yeah, eyebrow yeah. raise. And, and I, you know, and I use that, like I, you know, I do that all the time yeah. and, I, and I, and I'm very conscious and, and notice it. <laughs> yeah. People love so, that. People love that one because it does like it totally works. So you like, you can't, when I, when I explain that exercise to people and it's in that, in the, the, the Ted, uh, TEDx talk as well. Um, it is. Yes. Yeah. When, when I explain that to people, I mean, they laugh because they see it work on them, but but many of them go, yeah, but it can't really work. And then people come up to me, like they've, you know, years after they're like, wow, I do that thing, and it and it works all the time. Say, yeah, I wasn't lying to you. I'm only saying stuff because it totally works. There's no scam here. It's just stuff that works. That's all. Like, do it or don't do it, and it can be a lot of lot of fun. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad Chase gave that one across. It's a it's a classic. It's a good one. Mm. So what's your experiment? Yeah, okay. Well, what's a good e experiment for me? What what would really um what would really help people? Oh, let's do this one. And and it's not like I made this one up because actually this really comes from um Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Which, Love that. Yeah, which if you haven't um okay, so here's the way to phrase this. If you haven't done the book go and do it, okay? Because there's, oh. there's a difference between reading it and doing it, okay? Because I meet people all the time, and they go, well, what book should I read? And I'm like, well, you know, you should read mine. But if, you, if you're not into that, you have to, uh, you know, uh, have a look at Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And they often go, yeah, 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 I read that one. I went, yeah, you read it, but you didn't do it, did you? You didn't do it. If you do it the world will change around you. If you just read it, nothing will occur yeah. for you. And, and so I remember reading and doing 
uh, how to win friends and influence people. I think at about the age of maybe 18, 19 or something. Oh, like me too. Like that, yeah. 18. It's a great, great book, isn't it? It's great, mm-hmm. great, great book. But not only did I read it, I did it. And, and one of the things that he says is like, just, just s- smile, but go out in the world and smile purposely. In fact, it's hard work because, because the, the muscles, the muscles hurt. And I started doing it and trying to do it, knowing about like, I can switch it on or switch it off. I can do it or not do it. It's under my command and I can do it when I don't feel like it as, as well. I can be in command of my body, even though it might not feel like it. And, and so I would go around smiling and people should try this and just people's reactions to me changed. Like people would, would, uh, um, they were interested in me and they just people who shouldn't be <laughs> and they'd stop and talk to me and they shouldn't like, and they would, mm. they would, the world for me would suddenly be more interesting and people be more interested in me and, and it shouldn't be like that. And you could change it. It was quite subtle, but you could change it really quickly. Like test it out. Just do it. Like do it for, do it for 10 minutes, like do it for 10 minutes, just because, you know, some, some, some guy on a podcast said so. <laughs> just do it and try it. And if, if you get a result, take that to heart and go, okay, well, I'll, I'll do it for an hour then. And if, and if that you get a result out of that, go, yeah, I'll do it for half a day and see what happens. And it'll hurt. It'll, it'll hurt your face. You know, there's no, <laughs> no doubt, doubt about it. Test it out. It's one of the simplest ones, but it it could. Well, if you if you do it, it, it it'll radically change some of your understanding around why the world is as it is for you and why people are reacting as they are. Well, I'll be on the busy streets of Los Angeles in about ten fifteen minutes, and I will nice gladly use this as I use the eyebrow flash. So. Nice. Looking forward to it, man. Mark Bowden, you're the man. Thank you so much. Jordan, been great uh, speaking to you. Anytime, anytime you want me to chat, I'm here for you. Yes, sir. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in iTunes. All you have to do is grab your iPhone or iPad, open up the Apple Podcast app, hit the search tab, search the show Growth Mindset University or just search my name, Jordan Paris, tap the show, scroll all the way to the bottom and then just hit that fifth star and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine. It means the absolute world to me when people do this. I would be eternally grateful. If you do that, we're pushing 100 ratings right now, and it's really making a difference for this show. And of course, if you've not already subscribed to the show, just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode. I know you're not going to want to miss it. And you only heard this episode today because I thought it was valuable enough to post here. So if you want to share that value with your friends, your family, Go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Take a screenshot. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. 
Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, my book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give.